Now, before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to be here with us this morning, and we trust that you are here. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So it's time once again, isn't it, for New Year's resolutions. I'm sure this is on everyone's mind this week. This is um, something that we think about as one year comes to a close and the next begins. Are you thinking about yours? I never make any for myself, uh, but that's only because I have such a low opinion of my ability to keep them. If I thought I had a fighting chance, even a prayer... I might give it a shot, but I'm the guy who couldn't even give up chocolate for Lent, you know, not even an Oreo for a few weeks. As it turns out, I was born without any willpower whatsoever. Um, that's just my, my cross to bear. So I don't even bother with New Year's resolutions, but millions do, you know. This year, I'm going to do this. This year, I'm going to lose those pesky 15 pounds, or 5 pounds, or 50 pounds, do you think it's a coincidence that the, the weight loss TV show, the, the Biggest Loser, starts on January 1st? This is not a coincidence. New Year's is the time when many of us sort of take stock of ourselves, right? Where are we? Where have we been? Where are we now? And where are we going? We turn a critical eye on the person that we are. And then envision the person that we want to be. And then we draft a plan of attack. How to get from the person that we are to the person we want to be. And everybody does this all the time. It's simply more prevalent, more, more overt around New Year's. But I think that we're all basically doing this every moment of our lives. Who am I? Who do I wish I was? And how do I get there? What kind of husband am I? What kind of husband should I be? What kind of worker am I? What kind of worker should I be? What kind of parent am I? What kind of parent should I be? What kind of lover am I? What kind of lover should I be? The fact that we are all asking ourselves these questions all the time has caught the attention of some very smart people. These smart, profit-minded people know that the plans we make for ourselves don't always work out. Okay, let's be honest. They usually don't work out. But they say if we buy their book or follow their plan or join their gym, then everything will be okay. We're surrounded by these offers all the time, right? But especially around New Year's. People know that we're taking stock of ourselves this week. We see the offer on the gym down the street. Come in today for a new you. Doesn't 
A new you sound good? You don't want to stay the you that you are, do you? Join us. We'll make you better. We'll make you a new you. Of course, half the best sellers on Amazon are either books about what you should be eating, how to cook what you ought to be eating, or some form of of Fifty Shades of Grey. Seriously, there's like the single book. There's like the set. Apparently there's more than one. Um, there's the audio, like there's eight different kind of forms in which you can, you can buy Fifty Shades of Grey, and they're all bestsellers on Amazon. These people know that at the core of every human being is the desire to be something that they're not, something better than they are, or at least sexier than they are. I'm, I'm not accusing these people of greedy profiteering, at least not all of them, Some of these people think that they actually have a genuine solution to offer people, a way to make your life better, a way to help you become the you that you want to be. But whatever the motivation, this week, these offers play to that need in all of us. And they are incredibly successful. I bet Fifty Shades of Grey doesn't come off the bestseller list until July of 2016. (laughs) But why? Why is it that we are all so similarly afflicted? Let's look for a second at our reading this morning from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. He says that the law, the rules, the requirements of life were our disciplinary He says that the law told us what to do, and when we messed it up, as we were sure to do, we felt this separation between the us we are and the us we ought to be. It's sort of like being sent to the principal's office. Not that anybody here had that experience, but I'm sure you knew somebody who got sent to the principal's office as a kid. You get sort of pulled out of class, right? You get separated. Go stand in the corner. It's all the same thing. Think about what you've done. Think about how much you'd like to be sitting with all the other students, not standing out in the crowd at this moment. And these are the situations in which we really feel that separation when we've broken a rule, when we've disobeyed a command. The separation between the you that you are in that moment and the desperate wish that you could go back and be somebody different. Take the, the gym example, right? The law of the Lord says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Treat it accordingly. The law of the world says be attractive, be physically fit. And so, faced with these laws, both the law of God and the law of the world most of us feel a separation, a disconnect between who we are and who we wish we were, between who we are and who we feel we ought to be. We agree with the laws. They're basically good and true. We should treat ourselves as a temple of the Holy Spirit. We should be healthy. We should be 
physically fit. But we don't find ourselves able to rest easy in the face of these rules, these laws, these requirements. They make us nervous. They make us feel judged. They are our disciplinarians. And so we have labored under these laws, both the laws of God and the laws of man. Paul, though, says that that's why Jesus came. That is why. He says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, into a world of rules in order to redeem those who were under the law, who were suffering under the rules so that we might receive adoption as children. So Jesus came to redeem us, to rescue us from the oppression that these laws of life put upon us. The laws of sexuality, the laws of dressing in the right clothing, the law of having the right smartphone, the law of loving your neighbor as yourself, the law of loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the law of having read classic literature, the law of knowing something about politics. These laws, whether they're made by God or made by us, these laws oppress us. And Paul says that Jesus came to free us from that oppression, to redeem us. So what's the deal? Why are we still joining the gym every January 1st when we hate going? Why is Fifty Shades of Grey still selling billions of copies? I thought we were supposed to be free now. St. Paul says that we are no longer under the law, that it is no longer our disciplinarian. He says, now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian, but we still behave as though we are. We still allow the laws of the world to put enormous pressure on us. There's not one of us who doesn't wonder about that divide between the person we are and the person that we wish we were. So, is St. Paul wrong? Is he lying? Are we still under a disciplinarian, even though he says we're not? When Paul proclaims that we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian, he is proclaiming the gospel. He's saying that now that Jesus has come, We don't need to become the person we ought to be in order to be saved. This is sort of him rehashing Christianity 101 for us, right? Before Christ, the law was your disciplinarian. It was there to show you when you messed up and how to get back on track with God. Now with Christ, faith is all it takes. Simple, powerful, and wonderful, right? But just as quickly as we say, yes, thank you, almost before the words come out of our mouths, we say, 
No way. It can't be true. Faith can't be enough. And just like that, we become our own disciplinarians. And we are harsh judges. We find ourselves wanting in every area of our lives. This is why half the bestseller list is about how to become a healthier you, a sexier you, a more successful you. Become a better you. This is all because we don't really believe the gospel. We still think that we need to earn our place. I remember when I lived in Ambridge, there was a huge sign. It was a billboard, and it was very low to the ground, so you could really see how big it was. It was sort of like right on the road, and it was imposing, and it was advertising the U.S. Marine Corps. And it had on it the sort of beautiful dress sword that Marine Corps officers carry, and it had the words, always earned, never given. It was sort of like, no one gets this sword for free. You have to earn it. And people eat that up. This is an advertisement for the Marines. They know that we like this. Always earned. Never given. That way, when you get the sword, you can say, Ha! No one ever gave me anything for free. I had to earn it every step of the way. We love this. We want this. And we want this sort of thinking to be true of religion, too. So that when it's over, we can say, ha, in the same way. When the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, we want to shrug our shoulders and say, no problem. But look at the way this sort of thinking makes us feel. If it actually worked... Maybe one of us sitting here this morning would feel good or secure. But mostly, that's not us. We want to earn our spot, but we live our life in this unconscious fear that we're not quite getting there. That we're in basic training and we might wash out at any moment. St. Paul has an answer for this, too. He says that the Lord sent his Son so that we might receive adoption as children. The image here is something like a, a wealthy couple from Martha's Vineyard, say, going into an orphanage and, and taking a child home with them. The child is instantly part of their family. It's It's rich by association, right? It gets all the benefits of having been born into this family, but without the need for the pristine breeding. It's not worthy. It hasn't earned anything. But it gets in anyway. And that's what St. Paul's saying happens with us. If we get in by adoption because of this Jesus Christ... What's the point in working so hard? What's the point in killing ourselves? We're in 
already. The papers are signed. The deal is done. We're part of the family now. But it seems like we're always afraid that some mistake is going to be discovered, that the family will want, us, will want to turn us in for a model that works a little better, that we're in basic training and we might wash out any minute. So despite all the assurances of love that we read in the scriptures, that our relationship with God is not dependent on us in any way, but is secure in Jesus Christ, we still live under this self-imposed disciplinary. We still try to earn our spot. But I think that even in the midst of all of this striving, all of our desire to become the person we should be rather than stay the person we are, we still hold out some hope that the gospel is actually true that the disciplinarian has been taken care of, that all our work really is beside the point, and that our faith really is enough. There must be a tiny place in our hearts where this hope resides, because that's why we come to a place like this every week, to hear it again, to be reminded again, to have that flame kindled again. Every other place in the world is trying to get you to move along the path from the person you are to the person you ought to be. In church, on Sunday morning, for this small amount of time, in this tiny little corner of the world, we can allow ourselves to say, maybe it's true that God sent his son to me here, where I am yet to be who I ought to be, where I desperately need something to be given rather than earned. Maybe faith is all it takes. So that's my message to you as you deal with New Year's on the horizon, as you think about making your resolutions. That's the message for you as you wonder these next few days and on and on, weeks and months and years to come, about the gap between the person you are and the person you wish you were. That's the message as you deal with all those people and things and books and institutions in your life that try to get you to become better, to become more, to become sexier to eat better, to do whatever, to help you or push you along the way. St. Paul says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son so that we might receive adoption as children. Always given because it can never be earned. Now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinary. Amen.